All right, hi everybody. Welcome back to the final half hour of Green Rush Live, our regularly scheduled Business of Cannabis talk show that we run here on Pro Cannabis Media. I'm Jimmy Young, the founder of Pro Cannabis Media. Please, please remember to share, like, and subscribe to all the programming we have, either on our YouTube channel, our LinkedIn page, our Facebook page, and more importantly now, we are live streaming 24-7 on our homepage at ProCannabisMedia.com. It's picking up our Roku uh, live feed. And uh, you can now just go to the internet on our website and watch whatever you'd like to watch live because we stream 24-7. And joining me on this Friday afternoon edition are our two friends, two regulars, Doug Miller from New Jersey and Josh Kincaid from Washington State. And now we are joined by Jonathan Swartz, and the, now I remember why I wanted to talk to this guy. You're in Colombia, right? Yeah, I'm in Colombia right now. Okay. I got all excited. I guess you weren't that excited to be. I'm how, super how much time excited, have you yeah. spent in Colombia? <laughs> well, I lived in Colombia for eight years. So I, I don't live here right now. I'm living in California. I've been there since 2017. But from 2009 until 2017, I lived here full time. I uh, I had a back. I was a mortgage banker in 2008. I got divorced, grabbed my backpack, flew to Mexico, started traveling south, landed in Colombia. At some point, I lost my passport and met my second wife, and I stayed. I didn't go back. Look at that. That's that's actually a nice that's that's actually a nice story. I like that. Uh, tell Thanks. me about you. It says here you're the founder of Lacuna. What is Lacuna? Lacuna is a plant medicine center. It's an ayahuasca center that we're developing now. I started drinking Yahe, which ayahuasca is called in Colombia, in 2011 after my daughter was born. Um, at the time, I was doing a lot of partying. Um, I was smoking a lot of ganja, but at one point, <clears throat> the year before that, I opened a bar and restaurant and hotel on the coast of, on the Caribbean coast, and I did get into it uh, probably further than I should have. So, the Yahe helped me greatly with my addiction problems um, and life in general with my health. Uh, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis 20 years ago, so. Since then, I've always been looking for ways to, to treat myself, and I found most most healing in Yahe overall plant medicine. So since 2011, I've been taking it consistently, and I've been coming down to Putumayo, which is the south of Colombia. Since about six years ago, I met my teacher, my partner, and my shaman. His name is Taita Jairo, and I've been visiting him since then. And we started this project a couple of years ago, even though we started really working together a while ago. Uh, about a year and a half ago, he came to me and he told me that we were going to grow some yahe. So I said, that's a great idea. <laughs> and we started building. I know woohoo, but I don't know yahe. Um, that being said, um, the news out of Colombia is becoming more and more pro-cannabis, more and more. The, the legislature seems to want to uh, turn up a, a crop and start exporting. Um, what What's your read on what's going on as far as the... Uh, legalization movement in Colombia. Yeah, so in 2016, I was living here. Um, I actually had started a cannabis business in California, an edible company called Cali Gold in 2014. So I was traveling back and forth between California and Colombia. And we were aware of the legalization that they, they legalized medicinal cannabis here. Um, so there was a rush initially to Colombia for many reasons, but most of those were fueled by money and by uh, stock offerings. And deals and companies were paying tons of money for licenses now you can get a license fairly simple the problem with columbia was that uh, there's nowhere to export it to they've, they've legalized it for medicinal export but there's no one to buy it so first of all it's a long game and and anyone who's who's uh who's well funded and is playing the long game it probably will be 
the number one place in the world for the, the beginning of the supply chain because the cost per gram is probably going to be less than five cents. It's less two years ago. It was uh, someone told me it was like five cents a gram, yeah. but now there's so much devaluation in the peso. It's probably less than that. Um, so, you know, that's from what that I sense, remember. It's good. The last, time, the last time we had a Colombian grower on with us, um, God, probably a year ago at this point, my brain is so fried. Um, he talked about a $5 per gram price and you compare it to, some of the legal adult use states in in in, New, in um, the United States of America, and it that I mean that's like weird because it's like seven or eight dollars a gram in Massachusetts, I think. Yeah, the cost to produce will be way cheaper in Colombia. They have twelve hours of sunshine all year long. Um, the land is extremely fertile. Uh, the people are well trained in farming. They they've been exporting the largest exporter of flowers, cut flowers worldwide for a long time avocados, coffee, everyone knows all the other stuff. So um, the infrastructure is there, the people are there, nature is there, but, and they are, they are building the infrastructure now for GMP certified, all the things that, that whatever Europe is going to require for medicinal cannabis to be, be exported to there. So they're going to be ahead. They are ahead medicinally than most of the world. The problem is it's hard to make any revenues in that side of the business, but there's still tons of opportunities to make money because I, I don't believe that you have to wait for legalization to be in the cannabis industry. There's gray markets everywhere and there's ancillary businesses everywhere. And now Colombia is one of the places in the world. They actually have a new president that wants to legalize it recreationally, which would be right. a huge step forward if they do that. Um, and there's tons of opportunities. There's smoke shops opening all over Colombia. So all of the paper companies and the bowls and there, I've even seen Delta 8 being sold in smoke shops and then the grow start grow shops and there's people selling seeds. So people who are smart um, know which side, which part of the industry to get into and make money. And the, the ones with the deep pockets can go for the regulated cannabis and export and all that stuff. But that's that's expensive. Josh, I know you're chomping at the Go ahead. I was already jumping in, Jimmy. Yeah. I want to know about Columbia Gold and if that's going to be like the cliche kind of cultivar move, you know, um, or or what do you think is going to be kind of because it's obviously low price. Like I've talked to the CEO of Clever Leaves and Flora Growth, and I know it's going to be 15 cents per gram, including landing costs if or when it gets into the U.S., even if that has to go through uh, Mexico with with the North American Free Trade Agreement or whatever it's called now. Uh, Colombia is going to be a massive um, disruptor within the industry and everyone's going to have to adjust because of what Colombia does. Having said that, what's going to be the main driver? Is it the Colombia gold cultivar or is there some other stuff that you're excited about? What's going to be that main driver? Well, I mean, Colombian gold is actually, I think it's Santa Marta gold. Santa Marta is the, the Sierra Nevada. Santa Marta is the tallest coastal mountain in the world. Um, just that's where a lot of the indigenous communities live up there. Every ecosystem on the planet is on that one mountain from the snow cap all the way down to the desert on the bottom. Um, but also there's tons of coca and ganja that's always been grown in the Sierra. And a lot of uh, that came from there, that Colombian gold. So that's one of the cultivars, yeah, that you'll see here. Uh, also a mango viche, which is my favorite. Um, it's one of the lamb races here. But the people who I know who are into the regulated industry are importing cultivars from other parts of the world and registering them with the government. Um, my good friends, the Fogs, uh, Colombian Organics, they have probably 15 or more uh, cultivars registered with the government. And I'm not, to be honest with you, I'm not sure what they are, but I saw 
like a J5, a J6, and some other some others from from outside. So I think you'll see everything. What do you use? Because you have multiple sclerosis, which I'm familiar with. My dad passed away when I was 10. My college roommate and high school buddy passed away just a few years ago. I actually, you said you've had it for 20 years. I don't know any male who's ever had multiple sclerosis or MS for longer than 10 years. What is your secret? Do you have a raw food diet? Um, My buddy was taking Marinol. He hated it, made him pass out. So natural cannabis, I think is for a lot of people. If my dad had the opportunity to take it, I think it would have helped him out a lot. Um, But Marinol and and all these other things are not good. What are you actually doing? Because you look healthy, man. You're not using a walker or a cane or like, what's your secret? How how are you still alive? Unfortunately, uh, when I was diagnosed, I mean, when you get sick, it's a message. Um, and there's somebody talking to you that something wrong, you know, you have to start searching and find out what's the source, like, where's the root cause of the disease. I mean, if you were taking something that was prescribed by a medical doctor, um, it's definitely not going to treat the root cause of the illness. It's going to treat the symptoms and maybe slow it down specifically with multiple sclerosis. It's, uh, it's your nerves. Uh, it's the myelin sheets on your nerves that are deteriorating and then the message gets lost. Um, so all they're trying to do is suppress your immune system, which is supposedly attacking your nervous system. Uh, and those are autoimmune immune drugs. I don't take them. I haven't taken them in like probably 18 years. At first I did with my initial diagnosis because of fear. Um, and then I started to look and look and look and I started to eat healthy. And I know people who, have, who are healthy with, there's doctors out there and diets. Um, there's Dr. Swank, who, who, who had studies from the 50s and 60s, who treated people with a low-fat diet. It was less than 10 grams of saturated fat daily, a nap every day, um, and a list of other things that you need to do to stay healthy. And the people who followed his diet didn't have any symptoms. So it's if you go with the doctor route and you listen to them, you'll, you probably will, you know, maybe you'll, you'll delay the progression, but eventually it will get worse. If you start looking for the root cause, um, like me, uh, Yahe is the is the father of all plant medicine. So it's like a pipeline of information to the entire plant kingdom. Um, it shows you the root cause of illness and it gives you the tools to treat it. So that's what I've been doing. Cannabis is good for me. Um, I like to smoke ganja. It's great for symptoms, uh, but uh, there's nothing like Yahe. It's the best medicine on the planet, in my opinion. So that's what I use. What, what is, is ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. Okay. That, that, it's that ayahuasca. word I've heard. Yeah. That, that it's word the same I've thing. Heard. I get you. Is so it, we, it, say it, ya, we say yahe. In, ya, in Colombia, Putumayo, Colombia is the only place they call ayahuasca yahe. That's what we call it here. Got it. Um, by any chance, did you see the Growing Belushi series where he traveled to Medellin? Yeah, I saw some of that. It was, I was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I got that. I loved that show uh, and what he did. Um, he's been on with us and he's actually, by the way, I can make this announcement up here in Massachusetts. He's going to be the keynote speaker at NECAN in March in Boston, uh, Jim Belushi. And uh, since I know everybody involved with NECAN, I'm really hoping that I get a chance to hang out with Jim Belushi. He's always been one of my favorite actors and comedians and funny guys. And, you know, I've enjoyed all his movies and uh, I, I hope one day, I hope I get a chance to, to say hello to him. And who knows, we might even be able to roll one up. But um, I, I met him know, at a show last year. He's really humble and he's easy to approach. He's a cool guy. Yeah, he came off that way when we interviewed him uh, for about an hour earlier last year. And um, again, I really enjoy him. I love that edition. If anybody hasn't seen the Growing Belushi show that was on the, the Discover Channel, 
Uh, you can find it on YouTube. You can find it on YouTube. You can Google it and find it. Um, it's not like you got to pay for it. You just got to go see it to believe it. And uh, like I said, Belisha Belish does a great job with it. Um, hey, Jonathan, how often do you do the ayahuasca? Oh, there you go. Well, when I lived here, I did it every week or every two weeks. It was uh, a Saturday night ceremony. I lived in a city called Armenia in the coffee region. We had hostels in this like, really beautiful place. And outside of the city, there was a shaman from Putumayo, Taita. And he held ceremony every Saturday night. And that's typical through, for a Colombian shaman to go around the country or live in the cities outside of here um, and hold the ceremony every weekend. So I used to do that every week or two weeks. And because I had a hostel, I used to bring people down there, bring people to ceremony. When I come down here to Putumayo, which is the rainforest, I haven't been able to stay for long periods of time because um, I've only been coming here for the last six years while living in the U.S. I usually will come for a week or two weeks, and I'll do it three or four times a week. And I think in the future, like, uh, you know, you need like 10,000 hours to ma master something. So uh, I think I might have about 9,000 hours to go. <laughs> You're going to be an outlier in ayahuasca. <laughs> I've done 10,000 hours, okay? Now talk, okay? <laughs> um, is that your friend in the background, the dog? Sorry, that's not my friend. I'm in the Maloka. This is the place that we're building right now. Um, these are local. These are our dogs, but they won't, okay. they won't stop. They're... We don't mind. Sorry but, about by that. the way, after the pandemic now, with everybody in Zoom and at home, it's either kids or dogs. You know, I think we even had one where we had a monkey. So, um, you know, it is what, what would you like to see happen in Colombia if and when the United States ever gets around? to at least decriminalizing cannabis. Want to import it? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, to the US, yeah. definitely. Uh, from Colombia, absolutely. I think, like I said before, when you start talking about plant medicine, um, the indigenous people here have been working with plants for, for a very long time um, as medicine. Yeah. And they have an understanding of of these plants as medicine to treat disease like mine, for example. Um, so it's, uh, it's not just the medicine. It's not just the cannabinoids, in my opinion. I mean, I'm, I'm practicing shamanism. So whenever you take what I say from that point of view, everything is energy. And I believe that there's, there's like 2,000 or 5,000 shaman who really understand plant medicine um, in South America, maybe, or in these regions. Um, so I think that we should use the knowledge that they've that they have and work with them um, to develop medicine that can be used around the world. Absolutely. What's your regimen about using ayahuasca? If somebody else has MS or, or any kind of autoimmune disease, what's your advice or recommendation if you're still uh -oh. there? Well, he just we, we knew this might happen. He'll get back on us. Yeah. There we go. Sorry about that. No, that's right. ask, you can ask the question again, Josh. So I was just asking about your advice on anybody who wants to use this for, for their own medicinal well-being, if they have multiple sclerosis or any other autoimmune disease, what's your advice on how to start a regiment for ayahuasca? Uh, my advice is to take it with somebody who knows what they're doing. Right. Um, don't do it alone. And it's like I said, it's not just medicine. It's there's, there's information and there's, there's energy behind it. So everything that you do, I mean, just because somebody also like serves medicine doesn't mean that you should take it. Um, so you really need to have take this kind of medicine. It's super sacred um, from a trusted source, someone who is humble 
um, and also powerful and has the, that power to, to teach you because that's really what you're getting from somebody who's sharing medicine. They're educating you. So you have to make sure you're learning from the right people. Right. You know, so in, I'm in Massachusetts, Doug's in New Jersey and Josh is in Washington state. And I know in Massachusetts, there are guided ayahuasca experiences available out there. Um, how do you know when someone knows what they're doing with it or not? Uh, ask somebody, get them, get a trusted refer reference gotcha. or go with somebody. Um, yeah. Ask me, ask me or someone like me or somebody who has, there's a lot, there's a lot of people who are, who are, who are sharing medicine these days. A lot of people who have studied in Brazil and Peru and Colombia um, and all those people are connected to um, teachers behind them. So I, you can, I used to take medicine in the city and it was a great shaman. It was a great experience, but I needed to go deeper. I needed to go further to get to the roots of it. So for per, me personally, I want to go where the medicine is from. The medicine, this yahe comes from Putamayo, right where I am, right here behind me. Yeah. So um, this is where I want to be to take it. And my partner, in my opinion, is the best there is. So he's the one I want to learn from. Um, but there's other really good shaman out there. So just make sure that you get a referral from somebody who you know, or there's other um, like ayahuasca.org and some other good websites that share information of good retreat centers around the world. And is there like certifications or licenses or just experiences or anything like that? Or is it just experiential learning as it were? So sorry about this, guys. The guy who has my internet, he's holding my internet. He took off. So the, the phone <laughs> is connected. And that's why I'm like looking for him here. I'm like, I don't know where he went. Took <laughs> off with the internet. But uh, um, you ask, can you ask the question again, please? Yeah, no. I, are there a levels of, uh, again, how do you know that someone's got experience with it other than a reference? In other words, does anybody offer um, guided tours or certification courses or anything like that? Well, there are certification courses for different things like psychedelic medicine, but honestly, um, I don't trust a lot of them. Um, okay. There's courses being set up for like how to, to use, how to be a, how to be a psychedelic facilitator. And I saw some of the teachings and I'm like, there is no way I would ever do that. I mean, huh. what are these people thinking? Uh, wh who is teaching them? And if you go back and you look to where the roots came from and where they learned from, it makes sense. It's wrong. It's in my opinion, it's just not what I would want for healing because this is a healing and a spiritual journey. So um, you should use your intuition more than anything. I mean, in your gut will tell you if somebody is right and feels good to you and you feel comfortable with them and you feel like you can learn. I mean, to be a Titan in Colombia, you have, you get a crown and you can't wear it's really you can't really wear the crown or get the crown if you're not good so most almost always you're in good hands if you're with a taita um but again still i would get a recommendation or go with somebody jonathan jonathan schwartz from lacuna thank you uh thank you thank you thank you for the effort you made and everything and and thank your assistant too because uh one of these days i'd love to see what he walks around with oh look at that that's so cool. But your backdrop. That's my maloka. Yeah. That is this is so our cool. uh, temple. This is called the maloka. So this we just built, and this is actually going to be inaugurated in two weeks, January 22nd to 30th, our first retreat here wow. in Lacuna. So if I'm doing a show on Wednesday night, January 25th, 
We oh can try God. and do this again. Thank you, guys. Um, uh, All right. All right, Jonathan. Hey, thank you. Thank you for that. And appreciate you taking the time to do that. All right. We have just enough time to go through the top, the top five uh, stories in cannabis. This was our, our poll that we put out there for our audience. We got quite a few responses, which I was very, very happy. And, and there were actually there was actually a few responses of people I didn't know, which was even better, you know? Um, what do you think, uh, uh, Josh, if you had to pick the number one story in cannabis this year, what story would it have been? Mm. I, you know, I'm going to have to stick to, to my guns on uh, seeing how many North American businesses owed taxes, whether it was Canadian or U.S. There's, you know, 500 million, I think, U.S. and yep. uh, 72% of Canadian companies owe taxes. I mean, don't hold me to those numbers, but it, it's substantial and it's um, alarming. And I think it's going to be an indicator of what's to come. Okay. How about Doug? Doug, what do you think was the number one story in our group here? And I'm going to run them down the after states. you guess which one. I think it was some of the states that became legal and uh, pushed the, the cannabis laws. Well, yeah, well, New Jersey, New Jersey um, opening for adult use uh, came in fourth, tied with the safe banking bill that got removed from, take your pick, anything in the Senate. Um, and the number three story was the changes in the California laws, which have really helped California. At least this is what I'm hearing from the people in the business. Um, interesting, I forgot, number five was the Brittany Griner arrest in, in Russia and that whole um, saga, if you will. The number two most interest, most important story, if you will, the US Congress passing the cannabis research bill in opportunity unanimously, that uh, that was a big story. But the number one story, I feel like I'm David Letterman, the number one story in cannabis, according to our poll, and I'm going to pick three people that took the time to put in their thoughts about what they think were the top five, was the presidential proclamation that cannabis is scheduled wrong, and the laws should be reformed. Now, we all know what's going on in Washington, D.C. right now. If you don't know how dysfunctional this government is right now, just read the newspapers or check out the news, because it's amazing that even one of the political parties just can't get a leader. And the leadership is missing from both parties, as far as I'm concerned. And I happen to think both parties, two-party system, is screwed up in this country right now. There's too much money. There's too much uh, lobbying. There's too much lobbyists that, that are, you know, putting money in the pockets of the people they need to keep in office. So that's my political statement for today. Uh, <laughs> Josh, would you like to make a statement before we say goodbye? I'll just uh, say that 20,000%, like I said last time, 20,000% ROI for many lobbyists ensures it doesn't really matter either way. Uh, so we just got to keep on pushing our locals to ensure that the, you know, our, our uh, elected officials in the House and Senate do their thing, try to hold them accountable. That's about all we can do. Uh, just got to come back to, to the show next week and find out what happens. That's right. And Doug, you got any last thoughts? What's a good just, stock right now? I'll just say everyone. It's, it's a happy new year and let's make 2023 a successful one for the cannabis industry. That's right. And play, play those tips close to the vest, man. Let people, let people come to you and ask you and maybe even uh, compensate you for your consulting prowess as a, as a trader. All right. Hey, so for Doug Miller and for Josh Kincaid, I'm Jimmy Young from Pro Cannabis Media. Stay tuned. We Talk News is next. 
And remember, it's a whole new world of weed out there. Use it responsibly. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Or don't. And I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out. And check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Tune into a major journey podcast today, where guests take listeners on journeys and immerse themselves in the roller coaster ride both in and out of the cannabis space that brought them to where they are today. Throughout our conversations, guests share valuable lessons that they've learned along the way that listeners can use to empower growth both in their personal and professional lives. Check out A Major Journey today on all major podcast platforms.